There's always something super hilarious that happens before we record. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Evolving Us, episode 16. 16. <laughs> and what we decided today is to talk to you about resiliency again, but specifically in the context of self-sabotage, because I know oh, this is a big topic and also... I think sometimes when we, our intentions are to strengthen, mm. we actually like put our heads in the freaking sand and we're like, oh, why am I here? Oh. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. This came up recently a lot for us too. So I love that we're talking about this. It's a good one. It's a good one. So first, <laughs> I want to talk about fear. Because I think fear is the biggest thing that puts us into a space of self-sabotage. And so botching this quote right now by Marianne Williamson, um, that we're not necessarily afraid of the outside world or afraid of failure. We're actually afraid of our own potential. And so if we revert back to resiliency, especially in the last episode that we talked about, we're framing it kind of as this thing of what's your process of getting back up and how long do you stay in this dark space and allow it to teach you before you step into the gift or the lesson or the teaching from whatever put you in that place to, from the get-go. And so that reckoning process, a lot of times there's two choices, to lean into love and to let go and to surrender and to invite in whatever is in front of us and feel through the experience and completely feel feel through it, fully feel through it, not around it, not away from it, not above it, but fully through it. And then the other option is to allow fear to grab hold. And I think that that's where self-sabotage really happens. And when you were actually conveying that point, I was thinking about how fear actually is self-sabotage because if what we actually fear the most is our potential but we don't realize it, we're actually afraid of our power. So fear is self-sabotage if you really think about it. That's what came up for me too. Like afraid of our power but also afraid of the possibilities of not being able to access that power versus believing in the strength that we have to find it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was actually going through, I have some really exciting things to share with you. I haven't shared with you yet. Hooray. Um, hooray. <laughs> but, uh, and the world too, obviously, but, um, Jules gets it. She gets the news first. <laughs> <laughs> um, but either way, I have some new programming that I'm working on and it's, um, it really combines mind, body, soul, and it's, it's just going to be awesome. It's like a, Kind of like the 200-hour yoga training that we're doing, but it's actually for people in general. It's not directed at a yoga teaching certificate. Um, but I was doing some additional research on – because I have a background in NLP, neurolinguistic programming, um, and a lot of the communication models that I was researching and working on yesterday just reminded me so much of our, our thought process and our um, our experience of reality process. So – Something happens outside of us, an external event. And then what happens is it goes through the filter before it gets into our being. Um, it goes through the filter of 
our senses. So our senses take the information in, whether it's taste, touch, smell, sound, sight, all of these uh, different senses that we have through our nervous system. And then it goes through metaprograms, what we call an NLP, which are basically filters on beliefs, values, uh, memories, decisions, time coding, all of these things. And then once that comes through, we delete, we distort, and we generalize that information. So based on our programming, we say, what, do I, what is not relevant to me or what do I want to take out because it's too painful or something I don't want to look at? What do I want to distort and make different than it is? Because if I change it just a little bit, it'll come through a little bit differently and be more manageable or something that I want. Or we generalize and we say, because this happened, that means that's going to happen. And so once that goes through our being, it then affects our state of mind or our state of being. And it shows us if we're going to be happy, sad, scared, whatever, anxious. And then our physiology changes in our body because our nervous system responds. And then from that comes our behavior, our response, our action through that. And so if you look at events that are (laughs) scary or bring up fear, or maybe that's our modus operandi or choice, it's because it's gone through all of these filters of decision-making around what we've decided that to be. Mm -hmm. And so if you can go into your default, like default for most of us is survival, Something happens and we want to protect ourselves. The program is how do I make sure I'm safe? And a lot of times if you show up in strength, that doesn't always mean that you're safe. That means there's potential to get hurt, to be vulnerable, to show who you really are, blah, blah, blah. And then self-sabotage can take over because we're like, oh, well, if I don't show up and face this, I can instead find a sense of destruction and that would be better than whatever outcome I'm fantasizing based on my fear. Yeah, I also think that um, there's comfort and fear because our reaction and everything that you just explained is what we know and what keeps us safe or our false sense of security, (laughs) rather. Yes. And so, yeah, I just thought of that when you were speaking. What do you think about that? It's funny you just said that because um, today in our teacher training, we're doing um, the chapter that we're reading in Untethered Soul is a false sense of solidity. And it's all about the mental psyche that we build up to make us feel that sense of safety and the construct that we've created that, okay, if I'm clenching to this thought or I'm clenching to this belief about myself, about the world, whatever, it makes me feel safe. And that's worth all the consequences of having that thought or being what we would say entrapped or imprisoned by your own experience of reality. Because what happens is when we clench onto a thought that keeps us safe, it blocks our ability to see possibility. So like, oh, if I keep this nine to five, it's paying my bills. So I'm never going to have to take the risk of failing or going after something that I won't reach, right? And that failure, that fear takes over so we self-sabotage and we are angry at our boss or angry at our job or we show up every day feeling like that's not my job mentality and then eventually either we get fired or we get so miserable that we make the job the problem instead of our unwillingness to take a risk and leave. Okay, but at the same time, what do you think about integrating this with you don't know what you don't know, therefore let's say listeners, for example, right now, they understand the concept of this. And at the same time, they don't know how to implement 
a change or rather because obviously we don't really see our own situations, right? We see other things and can judge them and assess them way quicker than when we're in our own shit. So what do you think about, okay, yes, people who are listening are like, okay, I get that. And also how do I know if I'm in comfort slash how do I know what my other choices are? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Truly leaning in. When the feeling arises that makes you feel fight or flight, leaning in. And if it's like, oh, this this has happened before, in your mind you're like starting to create this story, like that's the moment to question it. Like <laughs> one of my clients I saw her yesterday and she's she's so amazing. Her process is so epic and beautiful and like I get to watch her unravel herself every twice a week, every week. And it's really cool to see her talk herself into circles sometimes around – okay, but then what do I do with it? I'm like, but you're back at doing instead of being. And she's like, oh shit. Okay, so now what do I do? And I'm like, but you're back at doing instead of being. And so this thing of just trying to fix and trying to change and trying to control and da 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 it's like that's the person or the part of you that thinks that they the, – that's mistaken to think that they have a decision in what's actually happening. Like there is – the you that is having thoughts and feelings and experiences and then there's the you that's aware that you're having thoughts and experiences and feelings. So right now if you're like, oh yeah, I totally self-sabotage. Every time I get close to someone, I think they're going to hurt me so I bounce first as soon as it gets to a certain threshold and I know lots of people like this. When that feeling starts to happen, I invite people to just lean in. What is this about? How am I participating in this? What am I actually afraid of right now? What are my actions? What is my part in this starting to go the way it's always gone? And taking accountability, taking responsibility for that because it's like growth is scary. Like it's 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 on the edge of your comfort zone. There's a lot of requirements of every single one of us if we want to grow and be different than we've been. And we actually have to let our guard down in certain areas that are scary and that leads me to what I I would love for you to share that you shared yesterday after our meditation practice, because we can, we can have some, something rock us and that's okay, right? It's okay to get rocked. Actually, you're not going to live this life and not get rocked. Sorry, newsflash. You know, it's just not going to happen. Like we all get rocked. However, when you're getting rocked, what is your go-to protection mechanism? What is it? Is it fear? Is it love? Because you can have the exact same experience in two completely different ways based on where you're coming from. And the fear will hold you down like as if you're strapped to a bed. Whereas the love will probably be way more intense because it will give you permission to fully feel but trust that there's still love. But you'll move through it. You won't be paralyzed by it. So I want you to share that because that was it was so good the way you explained it. Honestly, I'm not sure I can repeat it. I don't I, I don't remember parts of it, so you'll probably have to chime in. But something I wanted to say also before I go into my repetition of what I shared yesterday is that um I just want to remind everyone that practice makes progress. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I wanted to say that is that even myself that I'm just like 
I consider myself someone very hungry for change and in a growth mindset. And I'm constantly thinking about all these tools that I've learned about and resources and applying them in my everyday life and circumstances that feel difficult. And I've consciously chosen to self-sabotage most of the time. And then even when I know that a different outcome and feeling is a choice away. So with that being Can said. You say that again? Can oh, you say I, that? No, I can't. A different <laughs> outcome is a choice away. Is a choice away. Yeah. That's huge. I hope we all re- recognize the gravity of that statement. A different outcome is a choice away. So when you ask me, what would our listeners need to know if we don't know what we don't know and we're actually consciously trying to change this? A different outcome is a choice away. That wasn't planned, by the way. It just came out. <laughs> I was like, never <laughs> is. <laughs> well, because it seems like I was looking for that answer, but I wasn't um, when I asked you the question. But um, so yesterday after meditation, I shared that essentially vulnerability is at the core of making choices for ourselves that really highlights and emphasizes our internal dialogue versus our external people-pleasing and discomfort. And I didn't put it this way yesterday, but the thought that came to me was essentially realizing that we go on most of our lives feeling this pain and suffering, which whatever situation, whether it's a big thing that happens that hurts us or something that's repeated that we have this negative thought around in our head that nobody can see or hear. But we go around with this okayness mask and and just we appear in the repetition of our day, whether it's, you know, I go to work and I do this and I eat dinner, I go to sleep, I wake up and I do the same thing the next day. And so I was thinking about how extremely silly it is that we would rather put other people's comfort in front of our own sanity and and we choose to live in pain and discomfort most of the time when if we actually lean into vulnerability we can make a different choice and when we are vulnerable with ourselves first and recognize where we really are at and we ask for help we can end our suffering maybe still feel pain but in that moment we can have a different outcome and I experienced obviously I think this came up for me because I experienced this directly this week when one of the main things that I'm working on is being able to ask for help and receive it and I made that choice which I usually don't (laughs) and it did end some of my discomfort and it just made me realize that if I can just get out of my own programming and not let my past or my childhood trauma or you know essentially all of that um, guide the outcome of my current circumstances I can be free of this sensation that not, and I was about to say I could be free of discomfort, but the goal isn't necessarily that. It's more so realizing that you can choose something different even if you sit in your discomfort a lot of the time. And there's something beautiful in that as well. 
That was epic. <laughs> Thank you. I know it's harder to be super specific, but for example, so that you guys have context, um, Jules is just navigating family stuff and um, both she texted both me and Kayla and was like, hey, <laughs> I'm making this choice right now, even though it's against my better judgment and what I really want to do. Um, here are the two things I really need help with. Number one. I don't even remember what it was, but it was either. like, it doesn't even matter. You know, number one was this. And number two was dinner's really stressful. Can you guys help me out with that? Oh, it was, um, come, come over and not just for a purpose, but just come over and hug me. Um, and to like, help me out with dinner. Cause sometimes that's really stressful with the kids. Thank you very much. And there was no, which by the way, I'm really proud of you for this. There was no self berating or self sabotage language in it. It wasn't like it didn't, she didn't seal it off with, but if this is too much for you, don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. She literally just asked for what she needed and then just said, thank you. And it was like really cool to see. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Thanks. Yeah. High five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't easy. And, and not adding that self sabotage at the end was, was also a difficult choice. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And so, you know, both of us showed up that day with dinner and snacks and all kinds of things. And, you know, we do our best. But I think it's like the aversion to that is I don't want to inconvenience other people. I don't want to, excuse me, make them uncomfortable. I don't want them to feel like um, maybe I don't feel worthy enough to receive support. I have to do it all on my own. All the thoughts that every single one, you, me, whoever's listening to this right now, we all have these thoughts, you know, of like, I don't want to ask for help, blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on, you know, and I think that by the way, regardless, if you're met with someone that's like, oh my God, I'm so glad you asked, or you're met with someone that reinforces your bullshit belief, you still have to try. And I think the fear around stepping out of self-sabotage is like, well, what if it goes the way I know it's going to go? So what if it does? That doesn't mean you stop trying. That doesn't mean you stop trying. We had, um... Just an interesting fallout with someone that, you know, I love dearly and it was it was really tough because I started working with her a while ago and when she arrived into the space it was um it was a really beautiful interaction and I watched like her walls come down and the whole story was that, you know, I people people can't be trusted, I can't get close to friends. They, people will always hurt me if I'm fully seen for who I am, I won't be loved or accepted or received. Um she just had this core belief that people genuinely didn't want to be around her. And so the unraveling of it was really beautiful. And, and of course, every single person fell so deeply in love with her, you know. And, and then at a certain point, there became this interesting dynamic shift where she wanted to step more into the space of leading process versus doing process. And as we all know, like, and I deeply humbly know this, like I get my ass kicked on the daily that you don't just like figure it out, you know, and actually I do want to go over this, this timeline with you guys in a moment that I went over with my client yesterday because it's really brilliant. But, um, you don't just like arrive and figure it out and then you're like, cool, I'm done, you know, and, and it takes like a lot of time and effort and energy and uncovering for you to get to a space even where for any of us to be able to be like, okay, cool. Actually, none of us can ever get to a space where we can be completely free of everything. 
we have we we have to continue to be conscious of the old programming even when we've reprogrammed because that shit will creep up and bite you in the ass when you're not even looking whether it's relationship friendship partnership job security feeling not enough like that shit will bite you in the ass if you are not aware and if you show up daily with the awareness of this is this is something that I used to do this is something I used to struggle with this is a challenge I used to navigate your eyes are peeled for any opportunity that you're showing up in that old energy. And so I think what happened in this relationship, at least in my perspective, um, is that the light turned off and this person got to a space where there was protection again. And then it started building and building and building and the protection got so thick that the interactions were now felt like I'm only going to allow you to see a small part of me because I need you to see me in a certain way. And I stopped getting to see the deeper parts of this person that I loved so much. And then it got to a point where there was so much conflict. Every single conversation that was conflict. And the old programming of I can't trust people, they'll always leave me. Um, I can't be seen for who I really am. I need like this expectation of the way things were supposed to be was like the only filter that was being operated through. And so even though painful, it's like I just kind of had to let go of that relationship and it was really hard. Um, And of course, like stepping back and trying to see my part and my side in it, like I know I got really frustrated with the experience of the old programming coming up and maybe I wasn't as patient as I could have been. Of course we all have parts in it, but, um, I had to take a step back. But for example, that's a prime, prime textbook example of self-sabotage. Like I'm going to build something so beautiful so that I can never suffer again. And then I realize that that that's not a real construct. And then I go back into self-sabotage. What I wanted to say as you were um, actually sharing this story and what I also thought about is that, you know, it's so easy to do the work and show up when things are fine. Mm. And so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when things are really tough, it's like you want to shut down, you want to give up and you're done. And in this story that you just shared, I think something I didn't realize until right now about her is that when she had a really difficult situation come up in her personal life that's when she started to withdraw and decided you know what whatever the outcome was of this entire situation that's when that happened and so what came up for me is like okay you work so hard you were so invested in yourself and in you know the work and in the community and in all this time kind of in an ideal time where you know, we were in this cocoon of the pandemic and we were all interacting because kind of like, not that we didn't have another choice, but it was like, these are the people I'm always around. And it was just so sacred, honestly, that time. So um, (laughs) when, when things got difficult, it's like she made a different choice, which it's totally fine. It's it's her choice at the end of the day. But I just realized that when things got really hard for her, that's when she decided to 
uh, give up. And I don't want to say that, oh, like that's understandable, but I have to say and admit that when things, certain things have occurred in my life and things got difficult for me, I've thought about that too, because it's so much easier to just go back to old conditioning rather than work through difficult situations and actually overcome because comfort in fear <laughs> is so much easier. And also, one one last thing. When you were talking about um, this entire situation, I was just thinking about this morning um, when I sat down and I did the sadhana practice that we've been doing in teacher training. And I was like, it was not easy. And I was just so frustrated because I wanted just to stop. And I was just like, ugh. Like, but I went through and I prevailed, you know. And I felt like so great after because I was like, I mean, honestly, we can do hard things. And also that wasn't actually hard. It was more so I was trying to get to the next thing. And I wasn't present with myself. And I mean, honestly, sitting down and doing that is resiliency in my opinion and I felt so much better after you know I completed it not because I completed a task but because I still showed up for myself so much there (laughs) oh yeah I love it I do want to go back a little bit and just say at least remind us too that our triggers are our teachers so it's easy to say that if something's not going the way we expect Um, kind of like what you said, oh, fuck this, like, oh, this is hard, so fuck this. But, like, things not showing up in the way we prefer doesn't mean that that thing is toxic. Mm. And so I know that there's a million different ways that we can show up and feel belonging. But if we're showing up to feel belonging only in the ways that soothe our patterns – versus letting triggers be our teachers that's that's perpetuating the same stuff so we're going in circles um in yoga uh, dr g actually talked about this a lot last weekend acharya is like a teacher you know it means something is teaching you what is teaching you right now um and so if feeling not enoughness or unworthiness is your Thing, the acharya is the gift or the lesson or the conflict that comes up that gives you the opportunity to work that out. And so the thing we also talked about in mentorship this week is that rupture or conflict or discord in relationship is actually a good thing. Because if you look at all the relationships in your life, the ones that are the strongest and the ones that you feel the most seen in are usually ones that you've been through a lot with. Lots of ruptures in there. Lots of ruptures. You know, there's there's like a lot of times that maybe there was discord and you moved through it, you know. And I get that like honeymoon friendships or honeymoon relationships are really awesome because in the beginning everything's all gravy. But it's like if you cycle through relationships really often, I would invite you to go deeper around what do you do and how do you show up with or without resiliency, with or without self-sabotage in the presence of discord in relationship because usually that's the thing that makes it the strongest you know and so I get that not everyone's a perfect fit to connect with for the rest of your life like yes some people are teachers but use that opportunity as a teacher 
not as a jumping board to the next experience where you're still doing the same thing, still living in the same fear-based space. And so in relation to your sadhana practice, by the way, I'm really proud of you on that too because that's becoming something that is really a non-negotiable for me now is, is just sitting and doing some sort of practice. It doesn't even matter what it is. It could be meditation. It could be breath work. It could be reflection. It could be journaling. There's a million different ways. However, we, we live and participate in this insane world. Like I saw the, a bunch of memes yesterday and it was saying there should be no April Fool's joke because like we actually don't even know what's a fucking joke anymore in reality. Like life is insane right now. And so operating in this world that has gotten so inflamed, like if you think of inflammation in the body, you know, like rheumatoid arthritis is inflammation in the entire body, every cell, like the tissues of your being. We have inflammation in our society right now, everywhere you look. And so if your lens, your goggles are looking around and picking up inflammation, that's going to reflect back into your body and that's the interaction that you're going to have in your existence. However, what spiritual practice does any type of spiritual practice, whether you read the Bible or you go, you know, practice Shabbat with your family or you sit down and do mantra work and chanting, like find something that's bigger than you. And if you don't believe in God, divinity, something higher than you, that's fine. Go sit on the beach and look at nature. Go in the freaking forest and tell me you don't feel anything looking up at the giant trees. Do something that is bigger than your individual meat suit body. And allow your conscious body, your conscious being, to infiltrate your psyche. Because in that space, you are resilient because you have everything you need. Whoa. <laughs> I was getting chills when you said look up at the trees. I was like, ooh, ooh those <laughs> trees, they're beautiful. We actually just got back from San Diego. Mm. Um, we went this week. It was Chad's birthday, and then it was um, – Katie and Alex's wedding anniversary, they're the parents of our godson. Um, basically just our cute chosen family. My mom came down for a day too. It was very sweet. Um, but yeah, we went to San Diego and we went to the museums with all the kids and um, we saw this movie, Into the Wild. And um, it was so beautiful because it was IMAX. I'm sure you guys have seen that before. And there's and like... Dome. Yeah, that's what IMAX is. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, well, IMAX, basically it's like above you and to the sides of you. <laughs> So we went and we saw this movie and it was so beautiful and it was talking about um, the difference in our our mental health for people that spend more time in nature. And of course, I got my period today, so I was sobbing watching the whole thing. I didn't tell you that. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> oh, I knew it. Yeah. So I'm watching this thing and there are everyone's in nature and I'm like, Whoa, the whole time. But to be fair, it was really beautiful. And oh my God. like I cried and I, I I mean, I was on my period, but I was crying too. <laughs> Cycles. So yeah, it's just like to see how vast mm. this world really is gives you the strength to navigate how unvast our smaller communities can be. And how simple how simple joy really can be right like to me I was just so captivated by the beauty that's accessible and we just 
don't access it most of the time. Yeah, because we'd rather be in a hotel than camping. (laughs) Glamping. (laughs) Very accessible. And all around us, Mm -hmm. you know? But we are suffering. We're suffering constantly. And the inner dialogue is really the suffering because it's not the world. It's the way we're interpreting the world Mm -hmm. that puts us at that fork in the road of which direction do I want to go with this? And so the fear-based thinking puts us into self-sabotage. And when we say that, it's also the negative thought loop. And usually the negative thought loop is like wanting to be anywhere other than where you are right now. That's what initiates it. That's what puts you there. Is I'll do anything to not feel this feeling anymore. But here's the fucking cool thing. Is if you learn to be okay in discomfort. I.e. meditation. I.e. practice. I.e. showing up for yourself. I.e. being resilient and strong. It doesn't matter what comes up. You have the ability to sit with the discomfort instead of do anything to run from it. And when you have that ability, you're sitting in this beautiful space of curiosity of interest, of I am the person that's observing the thoughts happening. And it's that zooming out. And then instead of like the darkness, you're in vulnerability. And I get that vulnerability is way harder because it exposes you. But like, show me a motherfucker that's going to tell me. I'm feeling this way and I'm really scared to share it with you because this is the story I'm making up about how it's going to go. And have anyone respond with anything other than compassion. Mm-hmm. But we're sitting here waiting for someone else to give us a safe space to do that instead of creating it. Like, be a leader. Be the light. Step in and say, I'm really nervous about giving you guys this presentation right now because I'm scared. You'll think that I'm stupid or I'm not enough as I deliver this information. So bear with me while I be a human. And thanks for your patience. Or dear partner, it makes me feel this way when this shows up and I know that that's not your intention. Mm. However, it's terrifying for me to stand in front of you right now and share this with you because I'm scared of the way you're going to react and respond. So I just want to tell you what I'm actually feeling instead of bottle it up. But you're like, we're so invested in the expense of others, like the discomfort of others. Like you said, just Mm -hmm. circling back is like, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable by me saying what I really feel. And we do it all the time. We do it all the time. We withdraw so that we're protected. <clears throat> yeah. Um. <laughs> do you want to breathe? We should breathe. Hmm. I did it myself. Let's do a few. Inhale. <laughs> Mid-podcast exhale. <sighs> By the way, you guys, I'm sure you noticed through the sound, but we're using one microphone because we had to troubleshoot some shit this morning. <laughs> So, yeah, hope you like our show. I'm still breathing. (sighs) Double inhale. (sighs) That was nice. (laughs) I wanted to share that this week, I don't know what's up with me this week, but I'm real brave. Good job, Julia. Um... (laughs) So I have been going through some things personally and uh, with my family and I've kept my direct boss um, 
just updated with things because I've been been out and had just different things around my schedule. So I wanted to be obviously considerate towards her and the team when things were coming up. And since that's something that's going to keep happening for at least like the next five months or so, I decided to go ahead and share this information with my greater team. And I sent them a message in our uh, in Slack and I was like, hey, I just wanted to share with everyone, you know, just this is what I'm going through. And, uh, you know, basically I was I conveyed, you know, I, I feel safe. And I also want you to know that in the vein of vulnerability and wanting to lead, you know, with lead by example and also live in my truth. I I wanted to share this with you all. And obviously they all came back with an immense amount of support and just compassion. Um, but after I sent that message, I had a meeting yesterday. I sent the message, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. Um, and yesterday I had a meeting with one of the gals on my team who I hadn't spoken to directly since I sent the message. And you know, she obviously opened the meeting with saying like, how are you doing? What's going on? And and we have a really great relationship that I'm very thankful for. And she kind of did a check-in with me and I was like, yeah, you know, and I kind of reiterated like, you know, my intention in sharing this was one, wanting to lead by example, because I think that there's a lot of power and vulnerability, especially in the workplace. And I know for me, that's been something that I haven't really embraced until recently and showing up differently has really empowered me and uh, my team. So in the vein of vulnerability and just going off of what you just said, I wanted to share that too because there's just so much, I mean, beauty and strength within being vulnerable, which is interesting because I don't know what the exact definition, you know, in a dictionary is of vulnerability. Please, I'm looking it up. (laughs) But to me, when I, before, actually I, I so vividly remember this that in the first uh, workshop I ever did with you, Ashley, before we were even friends, and I, I knew you just as a student myself, um, I remember in this workshop saying, like, vulnerability is weakness. And I really had to reprogram myself and my thinking away from that thought. And I've done a lot of work in doing that. And the definition of vulnerability is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Okay, so that's weakness to me, right? Like, that's yes, it? and the fact that society defines it that way. Whoa. And also, if you go and, you know, look at some of the work that Brene Brown has done, because she is an expert in vulnerability, she, you know, contradicts this definition essentially, right? So I think, like, this actually makes me think about. Where are you getting information and how curious are you to fully understand a concept and not settle with just one source, right? Because if we if we were here talking about vulnerability, someone goes and just looks up the definition online, um, and I didn't mention Brene Brown, for example, you would just think that two gals are sitting here talking about vulnerability in their own experiences when there's actually a lot of studies and proof and research around vulnerability being a strength, not a weakness. And so my plug here is I invite you to be curious about things and get 
as much information as possible and multiple perspectives in order to really truly understand something and, you know, even therefore apply it in your life. Yes. (laughs) I think you just set kind of a light bulb off in my head around that because vulnerability is actually kind of the opposite of self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is like protection. I need to do the thing that's going to keep me the most safe, even though it means I'm going to block myself off from this opportunity. Whereas vulnerability is I'm going to drop my walls, be open, trust, and have faith that everything's going to be okay. And the truth is you're always okay. (laughs) Even if you're vulnerable and someone uses that against you, you're still okay, by the way. And that's where I'm kind of like in this space or season of my life where I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm, I love that question. Yeah. That's the question of the year. Mm-hmm. What is the worst that could happen? That breaks down the framework of our mental psyche that we've created this, again, sense of false sense of solidity around. What is the worst that can happen? Okay. And then what? Okay. Then what? And what that question does is it actually reveals what your deepest stuff is underneath if you go deep enough. Okay, then what? Then what? Then what? And it's like, oh, well, if people don't like me, then I'll be alone. If I'm alone, then I'll never find anyone to be around and da 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 And then it goes deeper, deeper, deeper. And then you get to this source of what is it really that you're afraid of? And then if you're aware of that, that can be, again, that information in your mind's eye that you're seeking to pay attention to all the flags for. Is this coming from this place? Is it coming from this place? Is it coming from this place? Or can this come from a place of love and connection and willingness to reprogram? You know? Oh, this is so good. Mm-hmm. This is, I love this episode. <laughs> this is a great episode. I'm into it. Sign me up. Yes. Self-sabotage is easy too because it doesn't feel like it's easy, but it is easy because it keeps us from facing that more intense side. Remember, because we said, okay, so fear is challenging, but like love is harder because it's more intense faster because you're moving through something. So self-sabotage keeps us in that space of like predictability. If I destroy this for myself, I'll never have the opportunity to see what's possible for me. Again, back to that Marion Williamson quote of, you know, this opportunity. Were you thinking that? I literally was just thinking that like, yeah, we're just afraid of our own powers. Like the whole point, you know, it's our own (laughs) potential because like, Literally think about this. Like if you stopped being afraid, if you just like balls to the wall, like I'm going to go after literally everything, you'd probably fuck up a lot. But like what would it look like? I'm scared of that person. You know, like for me, yes, Mm. I am afraid of what that would look like because my power and potential is way bigger than I'm allowing it to be right now, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. Well, I love that you said that because I actually think that about you a lot all the time. What? That you have so much power and potential. That I'm not using? Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> feedback I've been getting my whole life. Oh, God. I'm triggered. I'm so triggered. No, literally, my teachers used to tell my mom in school, Ashley's brilliant, but she doesn't always fully use her potential. But I've actually been having a lot of aha moments around that uh, in the last two days, like lots of things stirring up inside of me here, which I'm excited to share all those creations. But there's a lot of 
new opportunities and ways to grow that even I'm exploring and like again my go-to way could be self-sabotage and go in the direction of like oh no I'm just gonna stay where it's comfortable but like the thing I know about myself is when I feel the urge or the tapping or the calling I fully lean in so I know that as soon as I get the information I'm willing to use it and that's something that I've I've always had however the thing that I've noticed most too, and I, I shared this actually yesterday with my client. Oh, in the timeline. I got to go back to the timeline too. Mm-hmm. But something I shared with her yesterday is um, like I go through cycles of vulnerability, of course, in our community. But um, I think I've been in a cycle for a long time of just like holding it together, you know, of like here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Here's the information. Whereas like the true authentic version of me is like actually a lot more real and raw. And I – I always keep coming back to it because that's the truest nature. And what I said to her yesterday is just that I'm like, okay, so very rarely do I walk into the room or do I start class or do I teach a lecture or something saying, you guys, half the time, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I don't do that. And that's how I feel a lot of times. Like, yes, I have a really amazing ability to support people and hold space for them and like create process, create a container for people to process. But that doesn't mean I don't wake up being like, what the fuck am I doing and why am I doing it? To wake up every day and show up for a small business is like a really big feat. And a lot of people will never know what that feels like. And to still have inspiration and drive every single day to like, push yourself especially when you don't have a boss that's holding you accountable that's something that's really challenging to direct a team to always feel on like it's and it's way harder when you bullshit your way like it's easy so me just claiming it and owning it that I'm like there are days I don't want to do this and that's okay because you're human just like all of us. And even though your work has such a calling and purpose more than like most people's nine to fives, you're totally and should accept that you're allowed to feel that way. Even though you love it, some days it's hard, you know, because you're human. Again, I'm going to remind you of that your whole life because I think that – there's something really, you know, there's expectation around people who lead and people who are really good at leading and people who are good at following their craft that, you know, they've always got it together. But again, going back to vulnerability, it's like, I just love that you shared that because a, I mean, you pull it off so well. Thank you and, you know, whatever. It's like fucking pulling something off that you that you don't always feel like doing feels like bullshitting. Hmm. So to be honest, like, yes, I can keep the fucking ship moving. I can keep the train going. But it's like I want to be as real and authentic as I can. And some days that means I'm like, okay, this is all great, but like. How do I show up and be honest? And that requires a lot. It requires so much. 
but I'm okay. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with sitting in a space of owning it and claiming it, and that's fine. I'm fine with that because it's a cycle. And this is kind of where it comes back to resiliency is that even though that thought has been really present for me a lot lately, um, I know to I know to deeply trust my calling. And when I deeply trust my calling instead of start to listen to the looping panic, instead of letting the looping panic move me into decisions that would deeply affect me, I lean into this the trust of my calling and then literally I'm not even kidding yesterday I had like the craziest day of downloads of like information of like which direction I'm going and without that trust and surrender I wouldn't have had that and like I'm fucking pumped like shit's about to change and I'm so excited about it more to come but we did make you know a lot of big decisions yesterday and that was it was awesome and it felt really good because it felt right now it sucks to make decisions in something that you you're unsure of you know, but when you make decisions and you know it feels right, like it feels right. Like, for example, when we were, you know, in the process of moving, and obviously I don't have any answers, but I kind of have a gut feeling. This woman called me out of nowhere. And of course, when you're like looking for a place to live, like you have applicants everywhere or um, phone numbers and texts everywhere. So I get a lot of phone calls throughout the day and I never really answer them. I usually let them go to voicemail or text and then I'll reach back out when I have the capacity. But I answered this call randomly and this lady was like, oh, I have this, you know, unit in a duplex and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, thanks for calling. I'm, that must have been a mistake. Like, I don't think that's going to work. We need a yard. We need like, you know, a house and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, that's so funny because like I actually have one of those in a pl- right like a block away from where you live now. And it's like fully upgraded. Everything's done and it's off market. Like I haven't shown it to anyone yet. And I'm like, what? Mm. And it was just so bizarre because I knew I answered the call for a reason. She was able to show it to me that day. We've applied. Um, The boys are going to go see it this morning. So um, it's just interesting because when I walked in, I knew even though it was like there were certain things that didn't match with other people's criteria. But like as soon as they got the information, they were like, we're down. So it's like. When you lean into the trust, the gut feeling of like it's all going to happen the way it should versus the resisting, the fighting, the making decisions out of uncertainty, that's where it starts to get, you know, confusing. But we're up against ourselves on a daily basis, you know, and that's really what we have to navigate. We don't have to navigate the world around us. We have to navigate the world inside of us. And I'm just going to keep talking a little longer because I want to talk about the timeline. You cool with that? I was going to remind you of the time. Unless you have any questions. No, we're good. Okay. Yeah. So the timeline. Let's talk about the timeline. And this is different for every single person. However, our default is to move through life based on our programming. We've talked about that here. Our default is we're all walking around asleep. Right? We've been taught what to think, how to think it, what to feel, what to believe, blah, blah, blah. Great. Okay, so we're human beings that are hardware and then we're downloaded with software inside of our minds of how we operate now at some point often in every single person's life and some people don't get this but whatever there will be a moment of awakening there's a moment where we're like oh wait I don't have to do this anymore holy shit and then that moment, it could be when you're 10, it could be when you're 20, it could be when you're 50. Like I know people that have never gotten there. Like for example, you know, I feel like I had that experience when I first started practicing yoga. Um, I think some some people have it when they're like 50 or they go through a midlife crisis, whatever. 
you get the itch to awaken and realize that there's something different other than what you know. And that's, it's almost like uh, before death and uh, before death, after, before Christ, after death. And there's like a time period that all of a sudden you've realized there's more and then you decide either you're going to pursue that more or you're going to let it go and then just go back to the old way of being. But if you decide to pursue that more, you open up this box of information where instead of a narrow way of thinking, this is how I am, this is who I am, identity, you open this chance to think, feel, be, and expand your life to opportunity, to whatever is, whatever could be. And so you'll learn, 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 grow, grow, grow. And then it's after death. And that doesn't mean you've arrived. That doesn't mean you've done all the work and then everything's done. Remember, you always got to be conscious of the old programming. But it does mean that now you've replaced your old lens with that software with a setting just like your iPhone has, to automatic downloads. So automatically the software is going to keep getting downloaded and you're still going to keep getting information. You're still going to keep getting wisdom. But you've, you've shifted your perspective. You're no longer the old version of you. And so things are still going to keep happening that trigger you. You're still going to go through lessons. You're still going to go through gifts. But it's like you are now in on the side of the street in which you can ask questions and see things differently instead of the side of the street in which you had no prior knowledge that awakening was possible. So in this timeline, it's like when you get the tap to awaken, you can lean into that. You can go through a ton of growth, but it doesn't mean that after you've done a little bit of awareness and all of a sudden you've awakened that you've arrived forever but it does mean that there's a place in your journey and a possibility for you to sort of plateau and accumulate this new conscious way of being that is going to experience the ebb and flow of life differently. So again, it doesn't mean you arrive. It doesn't mean everything goes away. It just means you're experiencing it completely differently. And you have access to tools that you never had access before. And so you're still going to mess up. You're still going to go through some of those feelings and emotions but you just go through them differently does that make sense Mm -hmm. it's like accelerated growth and then okay here we are as we continue do you have thoughts i'm processing (laughs) processing yeah and again it's different for everyone it's truly different for everyone And I'm not sitting here on our pedestal saying we're woke as fuck, you know, like, man, every day I learn. But I don't think I'd be able to learn every day if I wasn't open to what's in front of me. So that's the thing. That's really the thing. Whoa. (laughs) I'm tripping. (laughs) I'm not been to say. Say more. I really, I like, I I literally... (laughs) help <laughs> the words are not coming out as quickly as i would like them to um no i just i love how you conveyed that because 
I never thought about it that way, really. That's all I have to say, honestly. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. An example of this is my partner and I have been together for almost eight years now. And babe, I love you. But I feel like the first six to seven years, there was like no, not awareness. Like awakening was not present. And now it's like he's started to fully embody himself in such a powerful way. Like whether it's reading books or holding himself accountable, he's got a therapist and a coach and it's like incredible the differences in not only our relationship but the way he shows up and approaches his life. So I got to see that firsthand. And every single person's timeline is different so it's beautiful to just be patient. But self-sabotage becomes less of an option when you're awake. You know? Yes. <laughs> I think we'll, we're good on that. We'll end on that. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, we're so grateful to be able to continue to talk about these subjects. And please reach out to us. Give us feedback, um, questions, comments, anything about the episode. If you have anyone that you know would benefit from it, please share it with them. Um, and keep in mind, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. So you're always welcome to join us. We have local uh, movement classes and meditation in L.A., we also just added to our live stream schedule breathwork, kriya, and sadhana practices um, as well if that's something you're into. It's usually morning classes, but recordings are always available. Um, we also have weekly group coaching mentorship starting uh, May, I think, 11th, I want to say. Um, that's all on the website. And then we've got a two-day women's retreat on resilience uh, Labor Day weekend. So if Memorial. you're into it, Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend. Her, her, her. <laughs> if you're into it, we'd love to have you. Otherwise, thanks. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>